4: Buddy, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, January 28, 2022. And of course, you've now seen, you got, I think you've probably gotten pretty comfortable with how volatile the market is. But if you're not comfortable, you're going to have to be. Because I think we're going to see uh, more volatility this year than we've seen last year. And last year was pretty volatile. So just get used to it. We had a big update today, finally. A relief, a little relief rally at the very at the very end of the day. What didn't look good at the beginning of the day, but I don't think that's anything we can count on. I don't think it's necessarily sustainable, but is a pleasant pleasant relief rally today. Just expect the volatility to continue. That's all I'm all I'm suggesting. Um, and you know we've seen a lot, lot more weakness in the Nasdaq, the tech stocks, than in the Dow. The Dow, uh, the big guys, the big stocks, uh, the big, um, uh, not tech companies. I'm not talking about big tech, but just big industrial companies have held held up much better. Still going down. Don't get mis- misunderstanding me. It's still going down, but they've held up much better. Okay. So you're going to have questions. That's what the show is all about. Of course, you're going to have questions. It's you know, it's it's we we've now seen a change in in the direction of the market. Everybody got comfortable with the one way market. It's not that way. It's never a one way market for forever. You have to understand. What's been driving this one-way up market? Of course, it's been easy, cheap money. We all know that. You know that. We've talked about it many, many, many times. Now the money is going to start getting more expensive. And we're making that transition. The Fed is making us make that transition. So, because they're leading that transition. So, we just have to deal with a new reality. That's all. It's going to be painful. You know, I don't... I yeah you know, I don't think it's going to be disastrous, but it is going to be painful until we fall into an economic slump. I don't, which I don't think we are this year. It's not going to be disastrous. Okay, so same mission statement every day. Independent thinking, shared success, and that means we're going to give you our market reporting, our process explanations, everything we do with the absolute. Clarity as much as we can, and as honest as we can. Okay, so that's what we're all about—to provide you information to make good financial decisions. We do this all without a bias. We don't owe anybody any loyalty. We're like Goldman Sachs or any of those big houses. We don't. A lot. Of, believe me, that's not necessarily normal. You know because a lot of times, you know, there's relationships that have to be maintained. Well, I we don't have those kinds of relationships. Okay? So, we'd love for you to interact with us right now. We're live 45 Pacific Time Monday through Friday. That means we're live right now. You can call me right now. And if you can't call me during while we're live, you still can call, leave a message, and leave the question and we'll answer on the next show or the show after that. The number is 888-99 chart So let's get right to the first listener question.
2: Hi, guys. uh, Interested in your opinion on a medium
1: cap company based out of Bermuda, G-O-G-L, Golden Ocean Group. looks like it makes money and its stock price took a hit recently. Wanted to see if it's worth getting into and at what price. Also, is that dividend sustainable? Thanks for all that you do.
4: Cheers. Quick answer, no, it's not sustainable. 23% no. An international tanker company, remember, we've talked about this a couple of days ago or three days ago, and I've talked about tanker companies and how volatile their earnings is and their sales are. So they generally have very low P.E. ratios. It can fool you because it looks like it's a cheap company, a very good value. And they do at times become very good value and very poor values. For instance, this company is no different. Uh, 2020, they lost 96 cents a share. 2021, they're going to make two dollars and fifty three cents. Next year, they're going to make $1.97. It's an international tanker company primarily focused on this seaborne transportation of dry bulk cor- uh, uh, dry bulk uh, cargos. Okay, dollar ninety seven. It's a nine dollars and twenty cent stock. So you know, it looks cheap. Very low P.E., wow, you know, 4 or 5 P. And their five-year range is 4 to 45, so it's right at the low. Why wouldn't you want to own this thing? Well, you can own it. I'm not suggesting that it won't do well going forward, but you have to own it with your eyes open. It's not going to pay 23.2% dividend. That's probably not going to last. The cash flow is $0.09 a share. So, and the sales are growing 109% the last quarter, which was the September quarter, before that 137%, before that was 18, before that was shrinkage of 31%, before that shrinkage of 15. See, so it's very volatile, both sales and earnings. There, That's why it has low PE. Now, what's it worth? ninety-seven. Well, it's certainly worth more than $9, probably worth 15 to $20 a share. Last time was $20 was 2015. (laughs) You see what I mean? So uh, I don't care for these companies because they're so unreliable. I I just stay away from them. I I just don't care for the the industry. My focus point today is based on the story behind this question. What's going on in the labor market? Talk about that. Just it seems awfully odd of what we see out there. No, I'll explain explain it more when we get to it. Okay. Um also I want to talk about the PCE numbers. That's the favored inflation gauge used by the Fed. You know, I usually talk about the PPI producer price index, the CPI consumer price index, which are you know inflation gauges as well. But the PCE numbers came out today for December. So I want to go over them. Also personal income. Uh, did you see gm gm of course you know I, a few days ago i said they're going to spend eight billion dollars uh in 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 uh uh in the midwest to expand their uh electric vehicle truck operation but do you know what's going on with their bolt their, that was supposed to conquer tesla the bolt electric vehicle talk about that uh, and there's something I read today, and I said I did not know that. Did you know there was a hidden button on the iPhone? I think it was iPhone eleven and higher, or twelve or higher, a hidden button on the back of the phone, near the Apple logo. Did you know there's a hidden button back there? There is. <laughs> I, I will, I'll just briefly mention it. But. And finally, um, remote working. You know, we're working people working from home. As part of our main talking point, is you know different, but we're not going to focus on remote working on the main talking point. But this remote working, are we going to? What's it's not going to be around forever? Is is it when COVID falls by the wayside? And we already knew remote working was gaining uh, interest and gaining strength. But is that going to continue? Who who does that hurt and who does that help? The markets are up. Dow was up 565 points. The Nasdaq up 418 points. And the S&P up 105 points. So we had a nice bounce today, but still it was only a bounce. Not a change in direction necessarily, just a bounce. So we're still in a downtrend for the month of January. And it's the 28th of January. So just deal with it. It's the way it's going to be going to be a weak year. That's how I look at it. The whole year is going to be weak. There's going to be rallies. There's going to be, you know, you know. but I just don't think the year is going to – don't expect the year to be like last year. Not even close. 888-99-CHART, eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. 992 4278 So that's what the markets did today. Um, we are in the middle of earnings season, so we'll be getting some more and more and more earnings coming out for the fourth quarter. And we got the GDP number, which is pretty strong. We were pretty happy with that. But of course we all look forward. That's GDP is already in past. We're moving into a quick break, but I'm here and ready to answer your questions, your investment and financial questions at least, on Invest Talk. 888-99 charts.
0: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hi,
1: this is Chris coming from Walnut Creek. I have a question about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard today. I own Activision Blizzard, and I just have a general question as to what happens to my shares. I know it was an all-cash offer
2: for $95 a share. So does that mean that when the deal closes, I get cashed out at $95 per share? I assume I don't get any Microsoft stock. I was just curious what your thoughts are. So I guess I should not sell now and wait until the deal goes through so I can get the $95 price instead of the $80 price where it's trading right now. I'm just curious to what your thoughts are. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
4: So, essentially, you're correct. When you're offered an all-cash deal, that means that they're just going to buy all the stocks from everybody, pay cash for them, and give you the money, and you can do what you want. Sometimes it's cash plus some shares of the buy, company being the company that's buying. The company offers cash and shares. Sometimes it's all shares. In other words, it'd be one for one, two for one, one for two, to remember, depending on the valuations of the relative valu- valuations of the company. But Microsoft apparently is all cash deal, $95, and it's trading right around $80, $79.14 today. So that means you'll get $15 more dollars a share if the deal goes through. So why isn't it at 95 right now? Why isn't it not there? Well, what if the deal fails? You know, that's always a possibility, and that might be why, but there's always, you know, unknowns. Uh, Frankly, I think I'd hold Generally, I tell people when it gets close to about 90% of the offering price, the stock that's being bought, when it gets close to 90% of the offering price, take the money and leave. But this one is not there yet. You know, so uh, you you can wait for the $95. I just don't know how long it's going to take to close the deal and when do you actually get the money. Okay, $95 per share. That was, by the way, equals $68.7 billion. And Microsoft, uh, you know, that's what the deal is. $68.7 billion from Microsoft. My focus point today is based on the story behind the question. What's going on in the labor market? So what is going on? Well, there's a lot of different things going on. Um, it's interesting that, you know, we, we have a below, a below normal amount labor participation rate. In other words, there's a lot of slack of people not returning to work. At the same time, we have a high quit rate, meaning people are very confident about finding another job. And so they're quitting and probably getting more money going somewhere else. So the quit rate is very high, and those two things don't generally jive. You know, they go. They, you know, a high quit rate usually means that there's 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 a tight labor market. Well, maybe the market labor market is tight. Maybe the reason why it's tight is people are not. You know, are not going back to work because maybe they have other responsibilities, child care responsibilities. Maybe they don't want to do that. Or maybe they're concerned about the coronavirus. They don't want to go back to work to catch, because they might catch it. Or maybe they've accumulated enough savings um, from heavy unemployment benefits so they don't have to go back to work yet, so they're not. Or maybe there is just a speed limit in how quickly employment can recover. Just taking, because we've really never had unemployment caused by a pandemic and shutting down the entire economic system ever before. So this is new. This whole situation is new. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's what's wrong with the labor. It's Business Investor Friday, everybody. Coming up soon, I'll, I'll preview preview the KPP Premium Newsletter. And my phone lines are always open, so please give me a call. 888 charts.
0: chart Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
4: Well, Justin and I have said many times that we really appreciate our diverse audience. And in fact, We receive color questions from across America and around the world. So let's take a question from Denmark. Hello, Steve or Justin. This
1: is uh, Yannick from Denmark. I had a question about a stock called Danos with the tick symbol DAC. It's in the shipping business. I have this stock. Not the biggest part of my portfolio. My question is actually more of a learning type question because I look at its earnings and a profit margin and the profit margin is one hundred and about fifty percent and I guess that's based on the latest report from late September 21. How can a company have more earnings than its revenue for a period? I have an idea that maybe it's some kind of a tax deductible uh, or something like that. Anyway, that, and I'd d- also like to hear your general take on this stock. Thank you very much. Bye.
4: Okay, this Dennis Corporation, it's like the earlier caller. The, it's an International seaborne Transportation Services. Uh, they have some of the world's largest liner companies. So it's a container ship movement. So it's another container ship movement type company and as i mentioned before volatile very volatile earnings and sales and and over the years and it's hard to you know for me to get behind these stocks because they're so uh so volatile for instance they're gonna make 16 dollars a share this year and 24 dollars a share next year when i say this year i mean 2021 when they finally give us the final quarter the year before it was seven dollars okay so uh, 2022, it's going to be $24, and it's a $91 stock. So you're looking at a very low price company, right? PE ratio. But th- this is a good example. Their five-year range of their PE ratio is 1 to 8. See how low it is? Turning equity is very good, at 18%. Cash flow is pretty decent on this one, $13.78. They pay a 2.2% dividend. Sales growth on the most recent quarter, which was September, was 65%. And that, that you're dealing with a company that has very, very erratic sales and earnings year to year to year to year. That's why they're so inexpensive. They're always this way. They're either very, very expensive because they have no earnings, so therefore, you know, <laughs> you can't come up with a PE ratio, or they're very, very inexpensive. That's very normal for these shipping companies, and this one's this one's uh, pretty inexpensive. I like the fundamentals of this one than the one we talked about before. 888-99-CHART. Okay, the PCE number came in. That's the inflation number for December, and it was up 0.4%. It was 0.6%, so inflation slowed down a little bit. PCE year over year, 5.8%, and it was 5.7% last month. So that's really what we're looking at. 5.8% from a PCE point of view, 5.8% inflation for the year of 2021. Um let's see. Um income, disposable income shrank two percent, two, I'm sorry, two tenths of a percent. And it shrank two tenths of the cent before the month before. Uh, that's disposable income. Uh how much money they can, you know how much they have to spend, but what did they actually spend? Well, the spending actually shrunk, six-tenths of a percent. It was up four-tenths of percent the month before. So, so even though income actually went – personal income actually went up. Disposal income went down because we're talking about difference in inflation. The, uh, your actual income numbers actually went up, but when you take taken consideration, you had less money to spend because inflation ate it all. Okay, uh, and spending went down. Now, that's a, that might be because of the Omicron variant. Uh, you know, I don't know, but that's not very comfortable because consumer sales and spending income drive the economy. There are big drivers in our economy. 66 70% of our economy is what the consumer does they have less disposable income and they're not spending the income they have, that's not good. So I think we're going to have a, a, we're not, we had a great fourth quarter, but I think that the first quarter of this year is going to be, I still going to be positive to GDP, but it's not going to be as nice as the fourth quarter. That's for sure. We're moving into a break. The market has been interesting. We're seeing a lot of volatility at work here. And now I'm going to take your investment, invest talk live calls. So Give me a call. 888 charge
2: Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone with millions of users With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI
0: Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com.
2: Hello, my name is James from Spokane. Had a quick question for you. I just started a, a new job a couple months back, and uh, so I need to roll over my retirement account, my money that's a Vanguard, over to this to my new employer, to the new plan. I'm wondering if a market decline is expected. Would you ever advise a client, or have you ever advised anyone to wait to roll over those funds until the market comes down so that the money could be spread over more stocks or more investments? Or you could pick and choose those that are a little bit lower in value and then, uh, or you know, have reached the bottom so that they can increase. Appreciate any advice you can give on it. Love the program. Thanks very much. Bye.
4: No, not really, because you're just rolling over your existing portfolio 401k or 457 to a new one at the new employer. We generally recommend that you roll that old 401k or 457 into an IRA. Um, if you should have already changed the investments to uh, to a comfortable level, in other words, a comfortable risk level uh, that you are that you want to stay with. In other words, if you want to have more in cash or you know or just be out of the market, even though I never suggest to be out of the market 100 percent, never do. Uh, then you should you know that should be where you are now, and rolling that over to a new. IRA or new 401k doesn't mean you need to change what you have so no not necessarily okay so it depends on what you're holding and how aggressive you want to be and how patient you are and how much time you have Uh, yeah but there's a lot of depends type of questions it depends but generally speaking no you you should have already be in the position you want to be in Okay, there were a lot of economic uh, numbers released this week. When when studied, okay, you know, I I put out a newsletter every week, right? So I, I started I started this one off with all the numbers, and usually I do mention the economic numbers. Some of them that report, I don't talk about all of them because it'd be ad nauseum just reading numbers. I don't like that in our newsletter. I really don't. Doesn't make it. But I do mention the important ones, the ones I think that it that we should talk about. The, stock, the the market the stock market is still reacting to the fed's change this is my first section the market condition section and how I started off in the premium newsletter so the fed is still uh, the market is still reacting to the Fed remember the Fed had their meeting this week and they really didn't change their stance okay but they meaning that they are we pretty much know they're going to start raising rates in March kind of hinted at that they'll stop they're going to stop They're bomb buying completely by then. So that's what the market was dealing with. And, of course, that is a sea change from what they were doing, you know, six months ago. So this is why the market is so volatile. Okay? Um, I did mention the GDP for the fourth quarter, 6.9% to growth, which is very strong. That was up from 2.3% the third quarter, if you remember right. So... So the overall year for the year, up 5.5%, which is a very good year. Then again, offsetting that good news, a week, uh, we had a weak durable goods orders report for December. So, you know, there was some good news and bad news. And of course, you know, you're, we're always trying to look forward, okay? And um, I mentioned that both electricity and gasoline are going to be drivers of inflation for some time to come. You know, people think inflation is going to just you know calm down or go down. That's what the Fed thinks. I don't think so. And there's specific reasons why, and I mentioned them. Why I think these two, of course, electricity. It's easy. That's an easy you know, call. Electricity is going to have to skyrocket. We don't have enough for the new EV, electric vehicle revolution going on. We don't have enough electricity for that. And if you have you thought about this. If all the cars are, not, are going to be running by electricity and not gasoline, or a big majority of them, or a huge amount of them, where are they, you know, especially here in California, our gasoline tax are huge. Our taxes are huge. Gasoline. Well, they're going to have half the cars, not going to be gasoline. Where are you going to get your tax dollars from? You've got to get it from the electric vehicles. So guess what? Expect some huge taxes on electrical uses. Yeah, I just can't see that not happening. It has to happen. Uh, in the portfolio management section, in recent weeks, the Fed has finally, with conviction, indicated that they that this easy money policy will soon come to an end. And okay, we know that. In March, the Fed expected to implement its first rate hike. It is likely that they will increase rates Three or four times this year. And this certainly will be a headwind for the majority of asset classes. So even though rising rates put pressure on bond prices, we would not suggest completely ignoring bonds. We don't care for bond funds and there's specific reasons why we talk about that. But buying bonds is is a good way to diverse yourself away from the volatility of the stock market. Even though you don't, don't chase yields on those bonds. Don't go for junk bonds. not suggesting that. Okay, I'm suggesting you go with the higher quality bonds. And you have to accept lower yields because of it. That's okay. That's okay. You can get more explanation in the newsletter. couple of stock ideas. We talked about tips, treasury inflation-protected securities. Um, and we also talked about gold. And we specifically mentioned those two because they're not stocks. So they can help you diversify away from the volatility of the stock market if you haven't already done so. Now, hopefully you have already done so. But there's some more ideas if you need some ideas. And there's, you know, there's, I, I, they find in the consumer watch section, um, I talked about first-time home buyers, what they should consider. And why? You know, it, and I know many of you listeners already own your own home, but maybe you have nieces, nephews, children, grandchildren, adult. So what should they be looking at? First, got to check their credit score. they got to save their down payment. they got to accurately determine how much they can afford. There's a, several other things they need to consider in the newsletter. So these are just some examples, okay? So there's... Hopefully a good deal of value, valuable information in that newsletter, KPP Premium Newsletter. When you subscribe, it comes out every day, every week, every week. When you subscribe at investtalk.com, you receive it in your Saturday morning e inbox. Subscribe at investtalk.com. That's investtalk with two Ts dot com. No space. Okay, let's pivot back to another caller question from 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, Stephen Justin. Uh, love the
3: show. I uh, Just had a question um, with these big bank uh, earnings sell-offs here. We're we'll taking a look at Bank of America and Morgan Stanley, both with good balance sheets. Bank of America has a nice loan book. Just wanted to get your opinion on what a good entry point would be and your overall take on these two banks specifically. Thanks. Bye.
4: Well, let's talk about Bank of America. Um, they are very two very large banks. Okay, and they're 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 going to be around. There's nothing <laughs> nothing wrong with them. Uh, if you're asking for a good buy point, the low forties seems to be pretty strong uh uh pretty strong support for Bank of America. It's at forty five eighty seven now. So if it gets down to 40 forty, forty one, you know, that is a good buy point in my personal opinion. Maybe forty two even. So it looks like it bottomed right around forty one dollars or so. So uh, that was about three or four days ago. So I think this is a good buy point. I mean, you know, you're looking at a bank that, you know, they're going to make $3.78 next year. It's a $45 stock right now. So um, that's pretty. But the PE ratio has always been fairly low, 7 to 17 for Bank of America. But they have really good return on equity, 12%. Dividend yields kind of meek, weak at 1.8%. And, you know, it's a big bank. That's what it is. You know, you're not going to get huge growth. You're just not. Okay. Uh, this is the best talk. Let's make a two in a row. Let's go ahead and do two in a row. 888-99-CHART.
2: Hi, this is Paige from Sunnyvale. We don't talk much about clothing companies on this show. I'm curious what you think about Lululemon Athletica. The price is now 4% lower than a year ago. Um, it's fallen pretty nicely, but it is a... Pr- pretty beloved brand and so i'm curious at what price you guys might start to feel good about this stock it does have a pe right now of 49 and a forward pe of
1: 36 thanks so much
4: bye-bye okay those are pretty high PEs. And Lululemon, symbol L-U-L-U, has always had a high P-E. Operates and and franchises 521 athletic apparel stores in the US, Canada, Australia, UK, New Zealand. Uh, It's a $39 billion company, so it's huge. And its stock is selling for $315. They're going to make $7.69 this year or 2022, this year. Last year it was $4.70. Next year, $9.11. And the sales growth is 30, 30% most recent quarter. Before that was 60, before that 88. I mean, it's always been strong growing. So it's a growth company. So that's why it earns a higher PE range. Now the question is, they got to stay on the cutting edge, obviously, because it's a clothing store. Uh, and they've been able to do that for a long time. Uh, so what's $9.11 worth? Well, a normal PE. A uh, normal one would be about $140, $145, $150 a share. But if it, it's it's at $315 a share now, twice that. So uh let's say if you the last five years of uh, the lowest PE it had in the last five years was twenty-two. So if it went down to twenty-two, so twenty-two times what was it, nine dollars and eleven cents gives you a, a low of two hundred dollars. Okay. Well, if you use the high, the high P is 91. So that's what, $911. Uh, uh, so if you're looking for a, where it should stop falling, where there's a good support on this chart as opposed to what the value, because it's been overvalued, about $300 is strong support. So it's really close to it. Just you could pick up some here. Knowing that it's overvalued, knowing that a gross stocks are having trouble, and this stock has collapsed from close to five hundred dollars all the way down to this. You know, so so is is it gonna stop? This is a gross stock. That's what happens. They collapse during bad times. And this pretty pretty much collapsed. Now the question is, is it worth the pickup? Maybe. Maybe. On Fridays, I generally may t- take a little bit of time out for a quick rundown of the key benchmarks. As you know, on um, uh, the two-year treasury yield is at 1.176 for perspective. Last week, it was 1.01. So it's 1.1 now, almost 1.2. Okay, a few weeks ago, five weeks ago, it was 0.64. So it's almost doubled in five weeks, the yield on a two-year treasury. Ten-year treasury, 1.83. Last week, it was 1.762. Notice the yields are increasing. With the Fed and the Fed has the Fed has not increased rates yet, but they're going to because they only increase the overnight rate, the amount that they charge for a bank to borrow money from the Fed. All the other rates, treasuries, everything else, is driven by supply and demand. That's why they can go up and down. Gold, 1782. Last week it was eighteen eighty-three. Three weeks ago, it was $17.96. The last month has done really nothing. Silver, $22.32. Last week, it was $24. Oil, $84.87 a barrel, almost $85 a barrel. Last week, it was $84 a barrel. Two weeks ago, it was $79 a barrel. Seven weeks ago, it was $67 a barrel. See a pattern here? It's still rising that's inflation. And of course the national average for a gallon of regular gasoline is 3.35, up 3 cents from last week last week. In California, 4.63. Last week it was 4.64 It went down a whole penny. Ooh. And Texas for some comparison $3.01. Yeah. Let's go to Sherry in New York. Hi Sherry hi steve how are you good thank you for the call i appreciate that
1: well thank you for the great show i love it i listen
2: every day so i have a question about uh playboy i pick up some share in the 30s now it went down like 60 percent do i hold or sell is it going to go back up again
4: i think so i think you hold it i think you hold it the sales growth is still huge Uh, the most recent quarter, the sales grew sixty-seven percent. The quarter before that was forty-four percent. The quarter before that thirty-four. The quarter before that was one hundred and eighteen. So sales are still growing fast, 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 and they're going to make thirty-seven cents this year. But this is a turnaround play. It was losing money. Now they're making money, and the sales growth is still increasing. I think you'll eventually be rewarded if you just be a little patient. I I easy I think it easy to go back up to thirty dollars. Easy. Go up there, and it probably should go higher. So I'd hold on to it. Thanks for the call, Sherry. Appreciate it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. That's it. And of course the work will still continue after this break, so I want you to give me a call. You can call any we're live. Any questions, financial, we'll talk about. 888 99 Chart. This
0: is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume, because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Jess up in Maine. I'm calling about ILF. It's the Latin America Top 40 ETF, which represents the top companies down in Latin America and... It looks like the sector, the Latin America stocks, have been going down since 2008 steadily. It looks like like a 13, 14 year downtrend. But I'm noticing some activity recently, and it looks like it might be in line for a reversal. So I was hoping you could take a look at ILF for me,
2: and let me know what you think. Thank you very much.
4: Yeah, on a very long term uh, chart, uh, ILF is the iShares Latin American 40 ETF. On a very long-term chart, going all going all the way back to two thousand, it peaked. It peaked in two thousand eight, as you saw, and then fell sharply because of the recession, and then went up and didn't get as high as it was before. So it had had lower highs uh, ever since that peak, that first peak back in two thousand eight. Lower highs, so never recovered. Now it also has strong support right around $20, and it's at $25 now. So on a chart basis, that's what's happening. Uh, it could go down as low as $16, $17, because that was it went there in March of 2000. But the $20 level seems to be strong support. So if you're just basing on a chart, that's kind of where you'd want to pick it up. You know, but it did have a rally the last three days, so it could be this, could be it, and we just don't know. But I, I think it's still a bit early, but you could put on a, like a half a position just to get yourself in, in case it is the end. But I don't think it is, I think I'd be a little more patient, just what I think I would do. Um, so the Bolt, GM's Bolt. Remember, that's their first electric vehicle, and they had all kinds of nonsense how they were going to knock off Tesla. Which, you know, if you looked at the Bolt, you knew that was going to. wasn't that attractive, in my opinion. Um, they haven't built them in like months. Did you know that? And they may not build the Bolt. they General Motors, just like Ford, is focusing on electric trucks. So I think that that remember GM's going to spend like 35 billion dollars to uh, up until 2035 for on electric vehicles. So they're going to come out with more and more electric vehicles. But the Bolt may not be part of it which you know, was supposed to be their their standard bearer is not. Um, base price of that Bolt by the way is 31,500. I thought that was pretty pricey for a car that didn't look very good. Didn't go far enough on a charge and all kinds of things. So, just my opinion. And the hidden button on the iPhone. It's on the back of the iPhone near the um, logo, the Apple logo. And you need to read up on it because I'm not sure how this works. But apparently, you can do things by touching it that brings up apps instantly. An app that you, you, you tell it to bring up. On an instant basis, back there. So, I, I, I'm, this is new to me. I, maybe you guys know more, a lot more about it than I. Am. Remember, I'm an old guy. And this is really kind of interesting. Huh? They have a hidden button on the back. There's no button button. It's just a touch button back there. But you got to apparently set your phone to activate it. This doesn't just happen, anyways. A remote working. Okay, what kind of impact that that has economically? Because when people stay home and don't go to work, there's other industries that suffer, right? How about the transportation industry? Okay, because you're not driving your cars around or going to work, uh, not taking a bus, not taking a train, not taking subways. Uh, how about small businesses in the cities? All, all the customers are gone, they don't coming in. They're not coming in. So they're going to dry up if they already hadn't been beat up to death already from COVID. So there's going to be some impact there. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. This completes another Investopedia program. Joshua Klein, and I thank you very much for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, and if, if we love those ratings, positive or negative, be fine. But we really would love to have the ratings. It really helps our profile. Okay, and you can leave a question for us to answer for you if you want to. At the same time, we'll answer it quickly. Independent thinking, shared success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.
3: Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlos Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99Chart.